We'll be speaking this morning on the subject of anxiety and our theme is how to overcome anxiety. May I take this opportunity just to apologize for the failure in transmission, but we are grateful that our technical team has fixed the challenge that we had. We trust that the word of God will get uh, to each one of us. We'll be speaking from Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We'll read together from verse 4 to verse 7. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We are living at a time when a dark cloud of desperation has covered us, not only as a nation, but the entire globe is covered under this dark cloud of desperation. And as somebody has said, desperate moments call for desperate measures. A lot is being done, a lot is being said. And even as we sit in the comfort of our homes, we know by today we should have been gathered here as members of Lifeway Central Evangelical Church. But because of the prevailing circumstances, we are all in our homes and just listening and watching the pastor bring God's word to us. The world we live in is a broken world. It's a cracked world. It's a world that is leaking. And it's very evident by the things that we see around us. It's a world that moves us from one desperate situation to another. There's never really a moment when we sit and enjoy peace for quite a long period of time. We move from one situation to another. Talking uh, for Zambia as, an, as, as, a, as a nation, we are just coming from the gassing incidences. And we have not quite recovered from that. And now we are talking about coronavirus or COVID-19. This indeed has not only affected Zambia, but it has affected the entire world. What happens when desperate measures at human level have been taken to control the problem, but it doesn't seem to be ending? It keeps escalating. There's a lot of panic. There's a lot of panic that goes on. Everybody suddenly presses the panic button. When we hear of the numbers of those that are being infected rising, and those that are dying also, rising, we begin to panic. The ugly hand of anxiety obviously grips us, and we begin to worry, we begin to panic. When we hear of lockdowns taking place in other countries, we are troubled because then we are asking what will happen if this is produced or rather introduced in our nation as well. As we watch our own kwacha losing the value, it's taking a downward uh, 
route, instead of taking an upward route, we begin to panic because prices of commodities are going up. Sometimes it is also affecting how we even relate in our very own homes because things don't seem to be the same way they have been. By definition, anxiety is the state of feeling nervous or worried that something bad is going to happen. As we turn to the scriptures in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 10, the Bible tells us that we should banish or expel anxiety from our hearts. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7, the Bible says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. From those two scriptures, we can see that God really cares about us. That God doesn't want us to go through periods when we are in anxious moments or we are experiencing that state of anxiety. God wants us not to worry in any way. He calls us to cast our cares on him. I want to suggest and propose this morning that you can overcome anxiety. You can overcome anxiety, even at a time such as this. How can you overcome anxiety? That's the question that begins to run in your mind. You can overcome anxiety by following the steps outlined in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. And I'll share three steps with us that can help us overcome anxiety. The first step to overcoming anxiety is that we should ensure that we are in a joyful relationship with God. A joyful relationship with God. That's the first step that we must take. The Bible says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. We are to rejoice. And the Bible is saying we are not rejoicing in any situation we are rejoicing in the Lord. The Apostle Paul tells us that we are to rejoice in the Lord. And this already speaks of the relationship that we ought to have. It's then clear that if one is not in a relationship with God, this text cannot apply to them in any way. Those that should rejoice are those that are in a vital relationship with God. And the Apostle Paul repeats himself. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So as a child of God, as one who has come into a relationship with God, we are being encouraged at this particular time that instead of us pressing the panic button, instead of us entertaining anxiety, we ought to rejoice. And the reason why we should rejoice is because we are in a relationship with God. Our rejoicing is centered in the fact that we have a relationship with God. This joy is not based on what is surrounding us. It is not based on what we have in terms of wealth, in terms of property, in terms of qualifications. In terms of the things that surround us, the things that bring comfort to us, no, this joy comes out of the relationship that we have with the Lord. It is that union we have with God 
in Christ Jesus. As Paul was writing and encouraging the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord, he was not stuck somewhere in a five-star hotel enjoying a five-course meal and telling people to rejoice. He was in prison. He was in chains and was able to write to say rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because Paul knew that he had a relationship with God and this relationship brought about joy in his heart. And that's why he was able to even tell the people, to write to the people to rejoice in the Lord. We ought therefore to rejoice in the Lord as well. This is only possible for those who have a relationship with God. You could be there wondering, how can I have this joy? I do not have the joy in my heart. Yes, I'm surrounded by wealth. Yes, I have the qualifications, but I don't sleep because these things keep pursuing me. This joy does not come because of the things that you have. It comes because of the relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear that whoever comes to me, Jesus says, I will never cast away. In case you are wondering, how can I have a relationship with this God? He's not asking you to do anything. He's not asking you to, to sacrifice anything. He's not asking you to cut yourself in, in any way. He's not asking you to do anything but to believe in, in His Son. He calls you this morning to call upon His name. The Bible says whoever who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The moment you call upon the Lord, the moment you open your heart to the Lord, that very moment you will be saved. You will be saved. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 11, verse 10, 11 and 12, it describes the situation of Christ coming to his own people and his own people rejecting him. And because of that rejection that he faced among his own people, the Jews, Jesus turned to the entire world, to all of us who were not even counted. He says, yet to all who believe in him, to all who will call on him, to all who will accept him, to such he will give the right to become children of God. All you need to do is to call upon the name of the Lord. While you have the breath, while you have the energy, while you are able to hear the voice of God speaking to you, do not harden your heart. As you come into a relationship with God, God begins to assure you of his presence with you. And it is his presence that brings joy. It is his presence that brings peace. It is his presence that brings comfort even in the midst of trouble. Yes, we are in a troubled world. But for those who are believers, for those that have a relationship with God, the trouble that the people who do not know God go through, they who know the Lord don't go through that. Because Jesus has taken over their lives. His peace reigns in their lives. In speaking to his disciples, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. He was speaking not to the world. He was speaking to his own disciples. 
and he continues to speak across the ages that have passed. He's still speaking to us who are alive today. Those of us who have believed in him. Those of us who are his believers, his disciples. He is still saying to us, I have spoken these things to you that my joy may be in you. God's joy, Christ's joy is in those of us who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you want to overcome anxiety, the first thing you must do is ensure that you are in a relationship with God. This relationship turns out to be a joyful relationship. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. For those of us who are believers, we know exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about. Because there have been moments when we have gone through loss. There have been moments when we have been attacked. But the joy of the Lord has kept us going. Maybe we have lost our, our, our opportunities to do business. We have lost jobs. We have lost valuable things before. But we have not pressed the panic button in the manner in which the people of the world would do. The joy of the Lord has sustained us. Even in the midst of this situation we are going through, as a nation and as a, as a, as a globe at large, we are still trusting the Lord that he will see us through. His joy continues to fill our hearts. We are able to sing the Lord is with us. There is not a friend like the Lord Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. This Jesus knows all about our troubles. He knows everything we are going through. And to walk with him brings so much joy to all of us. I encourage you, if you do not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, make up your mind. Do not harden your heart because you don't know what tomorrow holds for you. Coronavirus is spreading. We are hearing of people being infected and others even dying. Those that are being infected and those that are dying are not individuals that God does not love. He loves them. Even Christians can die from the same disease. Even those who do not know the Lord can die. Therefore, each one of us needs to ask the question, if at all I got infected by this virus and it took my life, what next? What happens to me? We must ensure that we are safe and secure. The same way we are putting up measures to protect ourselves from this virus. We are staying away from public places so that we are not coming into contact with the virus. The same protective measures we are putting, we should translate that into the eternal protective measure that we need to do or put in place. These temporal measures we are putting up are there for a temporal time. But a time is coming when eternity will dawn. And so you may escape coronavirus. You may escape its effect upon your life. You may not be infected by it. But one day, something apart from coronavirus may claim your life. And so before that happens, ensure that you are in a relationship with the Lord. 
And this relationship will turn out to be a joyful relationship because God will always be with you. Secondly, we must ensure that we are in a sound relationship with fellow men. Those that surround us. It is very true that if my relationship with God is sound, then my relationship with fellow man will also be sound. It must begin with a vertical way. When we relate well with God, then God will give us the grace to relate well with those that surround us. Relationships break down if people don't have a good relationship with God. This can happen even in the church. This can happen even in the homes of believers. We must ensure that our relationship with God is sound. Like any other relationship, to build this relationship with God, we must ensure that we are in touch with Him through His Word. We are spending time in prayer as we strengthen and build this relationship with Him so that when we come to relate with our fellow human beings, our relationships will be able to flow and God will be exalted and God will be glorified. We must ensure that we are in a sound relationship with fellow man. Verse 5 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your gentleness be evident to all. This is speaking about patience. It's speaking about kindness. It's talking about compassion that we need to have an exercise towards each other. Now you know very well that it is not possible to do this without God. It is not possible to be patient, to be kind, to be compassionate without the help of God. When we are in a sound relationship with God, He will enable us to be gentle to all those that surround us. Let us ensure that we place our lives in the hands of God. Paul also gives us a specific reason for this quality. In verse 5, we are told, Let your gentleness be evident to all. And he says, The Lord is near. The Lord is near. He brings the Lord into the picture. As we are thinking of the relationship we should have with God, the relationship we should have with fellow man, Paul reminds us of the fact that one day the Lord will return. The Lord is near. And he speaks of this in two words. The first, obviously, is that he's talking about the second coming of the Lord. He will return one day. It appears as though he's gone for good, but the Bible is very clear. When Jesus was being taken away from his disciples and returning to his father, he told his disciples, I will come back. I'm going only for a short while to prepare a place for you. Now you might be thinking, well, he said, it's a short time. I will soon be back. And he's not back. Remember what the Bible tells us. That a day to the Lord is like a thousand years are like a day to the Lord. And a day like a thousand. It may appear to you that the Lord has taken long to return, but he hasn't. He is always on time. He is never late. He never delays. He never operates beyond his planned time frame. He is always on time. So let's keep waiting for the Lord. The Lord will surely return. This should bring comfort to us as believers. 
to know for sure that the Lord has not abandoned us in this world like orphans. He has even sent his Holy Spirit to be our comforter, to be our teacher, to be our guide. And we can feel and sense his presence each day of our lives. Even in the midst of these threats we are passing through, these moments of anxiety, we know very well the Lord is with us. His presence is with us. He continues to comfort us. He continues to speak to us. The Lord never leaves us. The Lord never forsakes us. One of the names given to the Lord Jesus is the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's very clear, brethren, that God is always with us. We know it. Those of us who are believers, we know it. His presence, we experience his presence, his sweet presence, even in the midst of trouble, he still comes closer to us and he embraces us. The Lord is near. He is coming. He is coming. The second way in which the Apostle Paul could be talking about the Lord is near is to just emphasize the very fact that he is always with us. Psalm 34 and verse 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. We could be brokenhearted right now. The Lord is near us. We are troubled right now. The Lord is near us. He is right there with you as you are seated with your family. He is right there with you as you are alone in that room. God never leaves you. As long as you are his child, he has promised never to leave you, never to forsake you. The Lord is near. Therefore, even in this time, when we are going through all these challenges, the Lord is near. He is with us. His presence gives us comfort. His presence gives us the peace. His presence takes us from one stage to another. His presence ensures that we are not crushed to the point that those who do not know the Lord are crushed. We can still wake up and still say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It is his presence that makes us do that. Lastly, as we look at the steps that should help us to overcome anxiety, we must ensure that we embrace prayer in our lives. Now that we know the Lord, now that we are believers, let's ensure that we maintain this relationship with God by always being in touch with Him in prayer. We must pray at all times. The Bible tells us so. Pray without ceasing. Verse 6 tells us of Philippians chapter 4, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God is speaking to us. He is saying, don't be anxious. Do not be anxious. Yes, as you turn on your television set, the news that is coming to you, it's just about coronavirus. 
It's about the number of those that are being infected, the number of those that are dying, countries going under uh, 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 shutdown, and because of that, anxiety begins to grow within us. God cares for us. God loves us. And God wants us not to panic. And that's why he is saying this morning, do not be anxious about anything. And anything includes coronavirus. Anything includes what we may be going through economically as a nation. Anything, that's what the Bible is saying, do not be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and petition. Therefore, we must embrace prayer in our lives. How can we be delivered from anxiety? There's a prescription we see in that text. It is only through prayer. We must pray. We must pray. When we engage in prayer, brethren, anxiety will lose its grip on us. Anxiety cannot continue to breathe easily in an atmosphere that is submerged with prayer. When you are an individual who is soaked in prayer, it will not be possible that you find yourself worrying. Anxiety will not be a part of you. Because God will give you the grace. Because God will give you the enablement. As you pray, you are calling upon God's intervention. As you pray, you are telling God, I am weak, but thou art strong. As you pray, you are telling God, only you can sort out this problem. And when you do that, he's able to breathe upon you. Your heart is able to experience some kind of relief, some kind of peace. This only happens when we spend time in prayer. Therefore, let us embrace prayer in our lives. The Apostle Paul uses various terms with respect to prayer. He talks of prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. It's a chain he is unfolding before us. That as we think of prayer, the Apostle Paul is saying, we are to pray. We are to call upon the name of the Lord. We are to call upon him. Now, only those that are in a relationship with God can call upon God. Because they have a direct link with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. No one can go to the Father except through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is this relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ that makes it possible for us to call upon him in prayer. We are to pray, brethren. We are to pray at all times. We are to pray when things are bad and when things are good. Because prayer is a relationship. It's a way we commune with God. The way we talk with our God. It is the way in which our relationship with him is strengthened. We must ensure that we are committed to prayer. The Bible talks about petitions. There are quite a number of things we can petition God for. One of them is the issue we are going through. We must therefore engage in prayer with respect to coronavirus. Let's pray for the nations that are badly hit. Let's pray for Zambia that God will put a hedge of protection around us and indeed the protection around other nations as well. We must call upon God. We must cry to God. 
when everything has been done in our ability as human beings everything has been done within our powers as human beings and the problem doesn't seem to end the best we must do is to tend to God to cry to him and say father we have failed may you step into this situation even as we are putting up all these measures we must ensure that we are engaged with God he must guide us he must show us the way we must offer supplication to God we have needs we come to God with needs we must be able to say Lord these are my needs they could be spiritual they could be physical they could be financial or material needs whatever they are we are called upon to pray to lay them before the Lord I love the way the Apostle Paul puts it here present your requests to God God wants to hear those needs he wants to hear the cries of his children he delights in that he wants us to pour our hearts to him and he's ready to listen to us the bible tells us in jeremiah 33 verse 3 call to me and i will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know god invites us to pray He's a God who does not only hear prayer, but he's a God who also answers prayer. As we come to him in prayer, we are not just wasting our time or our energies. He's attentive to our prayers. He's ready to listen. He's ready to come down and rescue us. He's a God who loves us. Remember, he has eyes to see. He's seeing the misery that we are going through. He has ears to hear. He's able to hear our cries. He's concerned about what we are going through. And surely he is a God of all salvation. He will step down and come to our rescue. We must turn to God in prayer. We must be confident in this God. That is a God who is able to answer prayer. Each time we turn to God in prayer, we are exercising our faith in him. We are telling him, Lord, you are in control. We are telling him we cannot do without you. We depend entirely upon you. And in that way, we are glorifying him. When we glorify God, he steps into our situation. When we pray, we are lifting him up where he belongs. He's a God who is seated on the throne and is in control of everything that is happening in heaven, on earth and under the earth. Nothing takes God by surprise. There is nothing that has gone out of control with respect to God. He knows and he sees everything that we are going through. We may be pressing the panic button as human beings, but God is not panicking in any way. We must come to God with thanksgiving. There are quite a lot of things God has done for us. Here we are. We are able to hear God's word. We must thank God for the privileges we have. We must thank God for the gadgets he has blessed us with. We must thank God even for the team we have at church as the media team. They are able to put their gadgets together and bring God's word to us while we are seated in the comforts of our homes. The gift of life we have, it's another thing to thank God for. The gift of family, and everything that we can look at. There are so many blessings that God has littered around our lives. When you begin to count them, they outnumber 
the grain, the grand sand on the seashore. There are so many things that the Lord has done and he continues to supply us with so many things. The Apostle Paul is encouraging us to turn to God in prayer. What will happen when we pray? When we turn to God in prayer, something happens. The Bible says in verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. That is the benefit that comes when we engage with God in prayer. His peace guards our minds like a, a guard, like a police officer, like a bodyguard watching every step of the way. The peace of God comes to guard us to ensure that we are not going the wrong direction that the people of the world might be going. The peace of God will guard our minds. This peace transcends all understanding. It is the kind of peace that you will have when you are going through a painful situation and you can still smile, you can still pray, you can still sing. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. This peace can never be explained in any way. It transcends human understanding. It is the peace that God grants to those who depend on him in prayer. Therefore, there are benefits, brethren, of spending time in prayer. The peace of God will definitely guard our minds. Let us be careful as individuals to ensure that we maintain these steps in our lives so that we can overcome anxiety. Let's ensure that we are in a joyful relationship with God. Let's ensure that man who surrounds us is in good boots with us. We are in a good relationship with him. Let's also ensure that we embrace prayer. It is time to engage in prayer. It is not time to be afraid. It is not time to hide under our beds. It is time to hit the ground and pray. We must wet our pillows with tears, crying to God, Lord, step into our nation. Lord, step into the world. And the God that we serve will be able to undertake for us. May I encourage each one of us, as members of Lifeway, as a body of Christ, that let us put our trust in God during this trying moment. God has not left us. He is with us. Let's ensure that we are safe. Let's stay away from the crowds, the normal and usual crowds we usually get to find ourselves in. Let's stay away from such. Let's follow the directives that have been given to us by the government so that we can safeguard our own lives, so that we can safeguard the lives of our beloved ones. Let's ensure that we wash our hands frequently. Let's sanitize our hands. Let's ensure that we don't greet each other. I know it's our culture to shake hands, but let's avoid that. Let's avoid hearts as we've been directed. And in doing so, 
will be only, we will be protecting our lives and the lives of those that are dear to us. May the Lord richly bless you. Let me encourage us to remain in prayer for the nation and also for the world at large. May the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.